Um, okay, so today is Tess Tavis, and we're up to Peric Tess, which I've been looking forward to for a long time. Um, okay, where are we coming from? Where are we going? Yeah. <laughs> so a little bit of a recap of kind of where we're coming from in general in Tanya. Tanya essentially starts with one statement. So the entire Tanya is about about what does that mean? What's close to you? So usually in high school we say, oh, doing mitzvot is close to you. And, you know, knowing about Hashem is close to you. And all that's true. But on a, on a real, like, inner level, what we're, what we're saying is close to you is the felt experience that there's only one God and that that one God is one with everything, including me. <laughs> like literally the felt experience of achdus Hashem, of unity of God, of like just the truth that like Hashem is literally everything and everywhere all at once. <laughs> um, yeah, reference intended. Anyways, um, so that's, that's where we're coming from in Tanya, but the, the, whole, the whole like notion of Tanya, of, where, of what we're coming from, is that that experience of like experiencing literally x-ray vision of reality, that you can actually like see what things are instead of what's what they look like, right? And you can see the, the innards of like, this is actually manifestation of God, that b'ficha u'bavav chalasa say, And that part of Tanya sets us up for that, that, this pasuk is setting us up for everywhere else that Tanya's taking, that, that Tanya's going to take us. But like that notion is really, really important. That like, if you are experiencing the unity of Hashem, and if you experience this like spiritual experience, we're like, yeah, God is really real. But it's not meaning it's not in your humanness. It's not in your thoughts, in your speech, in your action, in your body, in your actual experience of being alive in this world. Sarah! Um, if, if it's not in your actual physical human experience, it's not what we're talking about. You haven't, you haven't found it. That's not the kikar that we're talking about. That's not, the, that's not the God that we're trying to reach here. So that's where the Altarabah starts. That, that's the first notion of everything. That's where we're going. Then the Altarabah is like, okay, so based on that, what's the first thing that I need to tell you guys? We're getting to this place of where you're going to actually experience in your body and in your being and in your human experience the unity of Hashem, the oneness of Hashem, the oneness that all of creation is with Hashem, that Hashem is going to dwell down here, meaning we're going to see everything as a reflection of God. What's the first thing that I need to tell you guys, that the altar is like, first thing you guys need to know, you don't have one soul, you have two souls. Meaning, we live, and our souls are reflections of the, or I don't know which way it goes, but we have two souls and the world is split into two parts. Now you're going to say like, well, what the heck, do, what, what does that mean? We're saying that God is one, but then the world is split into two parts, but that's exactly what it is. It's, you know, a lot of times people, like I have, you, we have this in ourselves. We can use ourselves as a really like obvious example for this of like, I'm afraid, let's say like I have a feeling of fear about something in the future. Like I'm afraid of what's going to happen next week let's just say i'm afraid of what's going to happen next week a lot of times what we'll do is i literally ignore that fear i'll say i don't even want to think about it i i can't even i can't even think about it right why are we doing that because subconsciously we think that that fear is so intense and so real and so big that if we think about it it's almost going to like consume us 
it's gonna be it's gonna become this big monster that we won't be able to hold and so we try to like ignore the things that feel too big for us what the altar is saying right now is yes the world is the world has parts to it the world has division the world has polarity the world has this and that there's kadosh there's klipa there's godly soul there's animal soul but the reason why we're able to explore that the reason why we can feel confident in exploring that is because hashem is one is because all of those parts are manifestation of one hashem so I'm not afraid, the Altar Rebbe says, to tell you that you have an animal soul. And I'm not afraid to spend, literally we just spent three whole chapters only talking about klipa. I can't even imagine it. Like, like the, for, for thousands of years, people are like, oh, we have to stay kadosh, we have to stay holy, we have to stay godly, because people didn't know that God was everything. And so they were afraid to even go near the things that didn't look like God. But now what the Altar Rebbe is saying is like, to do this work of becoming really one with God, of dear B'tachtanim, of Mashiach, where it's not only that God is there and I'm here, but that God is actually one with the me that's here, you have to be able to acknowledge all of reality. You know, if you're going to be one with God, then you can't have a part of you that's lagging in Africa. <laughs> all of you has to come to the picture. But to, and, the re- and the reason why we're able to say that I can explore all of me, including the Klippa, including the Kedusha, including the animal soul, including the godly soul, is because all of those parts are all part of the one God. So I don't have to be afraid of anything. There isn't one part of me that I'm going to end up finding that's going to like come and destroy me later or like be too scary or too big or too bad to handle. And sometimes, and what we just have been talking about, and this is kind of, I hope, the last part of the introduction and then we'll actually start prayer test, but one of the things that has been really clear according to the Alter Rebbe is that once you do start to, once you, you have the foundation of God is one, and then you go into, okay, so now what is the world? What is Hashem creating the world to be? What is the one God creating the world to look like and to be? Then there actually are different ways that you react to things. You know, like there is a concept of shalash klipa satameis, which are things that are in this world that literally essentially are chained to being not reflective of Hashem. Hashem says about those things, I never want those things to reflect me. But even Torah talks about them. And that's the differentiation here. It's not that Torah says, I'm denying them. Torah says they're real. They exist. Hashem is making those things exist. Hashem is literally the breath of those things. And that same Hashem that is creating them is saying, don't go near them. So going back to like the example of like the, the fear that I have about next week, if I say, I'm too scared, I can't even acknowledge it, that's where the disunity happens. That's where the pain happens. That's where the gullus is. The gullus is in my non-acknowledgement of it. The geula happens when I say, there is this fear, now what am I going to do about it? Maybe, I, maybe my choice of reaction to it is to say, I don't want to think about you. you know. But the I don't want to think about you can only happen after I say, this is the reality. So the, the preface to everything, the first, nine, the first eight chapters, Altarba was differentiating the world. There's Kedusha, there's Klippa, there's godly soul there's animal soul you have two forces inside of you so today the altar of us starts and i've said this literally probably every single class until now this sentence that today what the altar is going to do is bring us to that space of engagement between our two souls so until now the altar the reason why the altar talks so much about kadusha and klipa is because he was showing us 
how that godly soul and the animal soul behave in the world, how they kind of manifest themselves. But the main point of all of that was letting us know that within you, within you, you have two voices. And only two voices that are both coming from the same guy. Literally two, two personalities, two life forces, literally two nefashites, like two polarized, extreme consciousnesses inside of you that are constantly talking at the same time, <laughs> that are constantly existing within you. <clears throat> and if you want to look at it really simply, what we've been saying about it is that the godly soul is a consciousness of connectedness. In essence, the godly soul is, she, she knows Hashem Echad. She knows God is one. She knows that everything is good. She know, she's like, really? And the main thing that she knows is really that Hashem Echad. She knows that everything in reality and everything is, is one with Hashem. And so it's, her consciousness is constantly connected to the people around her, to Hashem, to herself. To, it's, everything is connection, which automatically is peace and, you know, animal soul by definition is consciousness of separation when a of separateness the animal soul by its essential nature believes that it's separate separate from god separate from the world around it that it's like it's like a it's like almost like when a baby's born and it and it starts crying what is that cry that cry is the initial feeling of like oh my gosh i'm no longer connected to mom i'm now alone in this big giant world and that's constantly the lens through which the animal soul lives it's almost like infantile fear because it's constant it, it lives in this constant state of separateness because it doesn't it's not aware that it's one with Hashem it doesn't know so what Farak Tess begins talking about is what happens now we have both of those souls and now there's this space that happens in our lives where those souls actually react towards each other and it's not, the thing that's cool about this is that it's not only in the big moments that this happens. It's really, like, one of the examples that I've been saying a lot throughout these classes is, like, a, a couple, a, a married couple, right? There's times in the married couple's life where it's, like, obviously romantically intimate, right? Like, they're on their anniversary, and they're just, like, obsessed with each other, and they're like, ooh, yay, we love each other, we'll be married forever, right? You could say that that's Kedusha. Obvious connectedness. There's no doubt in anybody's mind that we're married and that we want to stay married on the opposite end of the extreme is the, the, the day that one of them, God forbid, goes and has an affair. There's no relationship anymore. They're, they've literally said, I am not part of this relationship anymore. I have now given myself over to somebody else. But then, that, and that, you could say that's Shalash Kippus There's no reflection of their relationship. They're still married, but there's no reflection of the relationship in there. And you can't really, it's very hard to go back from there. Because they've literally said, I do not reflect. This, this, these moments have no reflection of my relationship anymore. It's separate from the relationship completely. Like I have completely dissociated from my marriage. But then there's all the space in between. And that's the klipas noga of life. It's when you're not doing a mitzvah, <laughs> you know, you're not like submerged in the connectedness with God. You're also not doing an avera, which is the moments of like, I have absolutely no, you know, the impulsivity, the reactivity. It's just all the, the every day, the every day of, of living life, literally the, the moments of just like aliveness. And in those moments, we, 
in those moments is the is the, where the interaction can happen. Zelda. Oh my gosh. Did you? Did you? <laughs> wow. Nice to see you. Um, it's always so trippy for me when somebody comes in the middle because I feel like I need to repeat everything that I said because like nothing starts in the middle ever. You know what I mean? Like literally every single class I start with Kikara Velacha. Like literally. <laughs> because like it, it doesn't make, the end doesn't make sense without the beginning. Like what does it, like what does it matter that you have two souls? It's like, and that, I think that that's one of the problems with high school, honestly, is that we learn like a parak at a time and we're just like oh you have this and you this and it's like there's a flow you know and like there's a reason why Alter is saying things and it's like um okay so let's just read it inside for now so I'm not gonna do the hope kitty okay kitty hi oh, this is such a fun day oh my gosh no come it's all these chairs are really broken. <laughs> um, okay, so. Wow, so distracted now because where do we even start? But let's just start inside. We'll do that. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> Althorpe is talking about we have two souls. We are not made of one. We are made of two. Because we know that in Movado, because we know that God is literally one with everything, we're able to look at every single part of us because we're not afraid. I can look at this part of me that looks scary and that looks reactive and that looks impulsive because I know that even that is part of the unity, is part of the oneness, and so I'm not afraid. And with that whole introduction, now we're going in and we're saying, okay, so let's look at it. Let's see how this interaction happens. So, just one thing to keep in mind. At, I, I heard this thing, my, my father taught me this, that when, you're, when you teach, you're always supposed to, it sounds counterintuitive, but you're always supposed to tell people what they're going to end up learning at the beginning. Because that way, you could listen out for that thing that you're going to end up learning throughout it. Otherwise, you kind of just zone out, and you're like, you don't even know what you're listening for. Right, I thought it was so interesting. So, what we're going to end up learning <laughs> is that the difference between animal soul and godly soul isn't, oh, spiritual, not spiritual, da da da. Literally, the difference between animal soul and godly soul is animal soul starts from impulse, starts from emotion, and then creates stories in the head based on the emotion. So it's emotion that rises to the mind. I feel this, and because of how I feel, I think this. Godly soul is the opposite. Godly soul begins in the mind. I think this. I know this. And it translates into how I feel. It translates into literally a calm nervous system. So animal soul is wild parasympathetic nervous system. Sorry, sympathetic nervous system. That's like freaking out, creating stories, freaking out with the consciousness of, separate, of separateness, right? That's what we've been talking about. The animal soul is conscious of separateness freaking out because it thinks it's alone and, and alone in, and alone in the world, you know, creating stories based on that. Godly soul is the opposite. It knows it's one with the unity of God. It knows that it is essentially whole and etc. whole and good and loved and wanted and perfect. <laughs> and it creates emotions based on that. So it's okay. That's where we're going. Okay. 
Vihine, Mekom, Mishkan, Nefesh Habahamis, Shemiklipas Noka, Shemiklipas Noka, Bechol Ish Yisrael, the resting place of the animal soul that, st- that stems from Klipas Noga, which is that no man's land, it's not necessarily reflective of God, it's not necessarily not, it's just impulse, it's just the daily life um, in every single Jew, is who believe, it's in our heart. Which part of our heart? The Chalal Smali, Shahu Malay Dam, in the left part of our heart that is, full of du- that is full of blood. So there's two parts of our heart, even like anatomy, like, I don't know how the altar, but I mean, you could, it's interesting that the Alter Rebbe knew this. It's just kind of cool. This is 250 years ago. You know what I mean? The Alter Rebbe knew then that our heart is split up into two places, one that is filled with oxygen and one that is filled with blood. Like now we know that because we have x-rays of how the Alter Rebbe knew that. But it's, if you think about why the Alter Rebbe knew that, it's kind of cool. It's because the physical manifestation of ourselves is always a reflection of the spiritual. Meaning my hand does what my hand, my hand looks the way my hand looks because the spiritual energy of movement and of creation needs to come through hand, is, is reflective through hand. Like, it's not that my hand is my hand and then, oh, there's power of movement within it. It's I am power, I have power of movement and my hand is the keli through which the power of movement comes. So it's the same thing with your heart. Your heart really is, is animal soul. <laughs> And it shines through the physicalness of your heart. Um, therefore, because the animal soul is in the left, start, left part of the heart, kol hataivas v'hisparus v'chaas v'daymehen hein believe. All lusts and Altarba says like boasting and anger stem from the heart. And I thought this was just so interesting, also because Altarba is just from right away saying stop thinking that, and Tanya teachers in high school don't tell us this, but stop thinking that your animal soul is just the voice of, oh, the desire for an Avera. Like, why do we think that? Where, where do we get that from? The altar of his words. Hisparus, Tivus, Hisparus, Vikas. Tivus is lust. So that's essentially like reactive impulse, you know? Okay, fine. So you can say that's the Avera part. You can say Hisparus, Vikas. It, it's ego and anger it's like it's human emotion you know what i mean it's not like it's not evil it's just impulsive it's it's the experience of that comes from my heart from a place of trigger versus from a place of oh i'm actually curious about what's actually happening here you know when somebody insults me and i right away go to oh my gosh you must hate me you know you must think i'm not even worth i i must be worthless (laughs) you know that but the, the initial react, the emotional reaction is what we're talking about now. So let's actually, let's go through, an, let's go use an example very clearly. Anybody have an example? Something that happened. Okay, um, somebody says, um, somebody's sitting at, a ta- at my Tanya class with a frown, okay? Emotionally, my initial reaction Ah, ah, ah. It's not even words to it. It's just like, ah, right? Consciousness, separateness, the animal soul inside of me. Ah, okay. What happens from that initial emotion? This is literally a lesson in anxiety. (laughs) 
from the heart, from that initial emotional reaction, it actually spreads throughout my body. Now my body, my chest might start to feel tight. My hands might start to feel sweaty. You know, I actually start to experience this physically in my body. And from there, it goes into my mind, in my head. To think about it and meditate it. Meditate it and it means to strategize about it. Meaning now what my mind is going to do is it's going to create a story based on how I feel. It must be they don't like the Tanya class. It must be I'm not a good Tanya teacher. It must be I, can't, I should stop doing this, right? Just like the blood begins in the heart and it goes to the whole entire body and even to the brain. Also, the emotion, emotional reactivity begins in the heart, spreads throughout the body, then goes into the brain. That's how the animal soul works. I have the experience, my, my mother, when I'm five years old, my mother pays more attention to my brother than me. That makes me feel, because I have this animal soul consciousness of separateness, I feel, eh, my body reacts, my mind says I'm worthless. I must be not lovable. And literally, that's how we gain our parts I don't know, for everybody in, involved in IFS. Like, that's literally how parts are born. That's how inner children are created. Okay, now we're going to contrast that to the godly soul. <coughs> um, we have about five minutes left. Sorry, guys. Is that okay? Everybody flowing? Okay. On the contrary, the space, the, the seat of the godly soul, is in the mind, in the head. From there, it flows to all the other limbs. To all the other parts of the body, the godly soul is also in the uh, the right side of the heart. That there is no blood. That's the the source of oxygen. It's like the they work together. We're going to see all about that later. The heart of the wise is in the right. So, okay. Oh my gosh, <laughs> so much. I knew this would happen for practice. It's like way too much to even like say. In, 5,000 hours, let alone 20 minutes. But have you guys ever heard the concept you can feel two, two emotions at the same time? Right? I think there's like a Daniel Tiger song about it. Like, eh, emotions at the same, whatever. <laughs> Your heart is essentially split into two. Essentially. Your heart is essentially made of godly soul, animal soul, reactivity, oh, curiousness. Oh, I thought the godly soul was here. Both. It's that thing. Animal oh. soul is, is heart, Godly soul is mind and heart. Okay. What's the difference? That the godly soul that's seated in the heart is activated through the mind. Mm. So let's read it inside. Um, but yeah, to all the identity crises of the world of like, because of, emotion is self. The feeling of who I am is rooted in emotion. And so that experience of who the heck am I it's very, it's, it's got to be natural. It's literally the natural manifestation of I have these two separate consciousnesses in my heart, literally, at any given moment. Which is why, you know, we, a lot of times we try to polarize ourselves. Like we experience something and we're like, I have, to, I have to either feel angry or feel grateful. Or either feel happy or feel sad. Or somebody does something for me and I either want to feel this or that. Or, you know something bad happens and I either want to be upset about it or grateful that I didn't get more hurt, you know? But it's like, the altar is very clear. It's like the, that experience of having both is natural to human, like the... I wonder yeah. why, like, humans strive so much to look for one. 
because essentially they are all one because the animal soul is from God. Right. That's a really good question. Maybe. I don't know. It's a really good question. I, we're, it's going to come later because by the nature of each soul wants to, wants to have authority over the other. Okay. That's embedded in their natures. Mm. So uh, we're going to talk about a lot about this. Cool. Okay, let's just read the last bit inside. This is, the last part is talking about how the, we go, how the godly soul uses the power of the mind to affect the heart. So the love of God, or like the feeling of, it's literally inner peace, that, that is in the heart of people. It's specifically in the heart of people who use their minds. That use their power of bina that use their power of really thinking things through um, that is in their mind, on the thing, on the words that bring about this love. The, so, you know, you're feeling depressed. You go to the, you, you use the power of the mind to, okay, whatever. I'm not going to go into examples. Because I don't have time. Also the feeling of joy and expandedness that comes, you know, towards God. When the eyes in your mind, when your thought thinks about when you let your mind go there, that's when your heart, when your mind explores the greatness of God, that's when the feelings come up in your heart. And also all the other the, the Midas Kedashas, the, you know, the Altarbet gave two examples of love of God, but then the Altarbet says all the other Midas Kedoshas, and essentially Midas Kedoshas means peaceful, happy, joyful, connected, loving. That's Kadosh. That's what we've been, that's from the beginning, that's what the Altarbet has been explaining Kadosh to be. Kadosh essentially is somewhere where God can rest. And God rests where there's reflection of Him. And what is reflection of Him? joy and love and peace and wholeness and connection and so all those emotions where do they stem from stem from from the experience of allowing my mind to get to that place so it might seem really really obvious but literally just yesterday i like i experienced this <laughs> and like we all experience this a lot but just to bring it really practical example like I literally wrote, like, it was four steps, four things that happened. I was triggered in the morning. Something happened with my mom, made me completely triggered. I spent a lot of the day in emotional distress, literally emotion. My mind then created a story about why I got triggered, right? Which was, it was kind of a true story, you know? It was the story about what happened and the story about what it means that it happened. It wasn't only that it happened because it was, that means about me and that means about my future and that means about, right? So that was, that was the, my animal soul then created the thoughts in my head. Then I reached out to my therapist. <laughs> I was like, hey, yo, can I talk to you? And I talked to her for an hour. And in that hour, first I felt the experience. Then I used my mind to enter into a different sphere of thought, to enter into a sphere of thought that is founded on my godly soul, which is connectedness instead of separation, which is there actually isn't a force in the world or in myself that can destroy me or stand in my way or any, you know. And I, I found new thought 
And literally, by the end of the session, I was like sitting in my chair in like the state of peace. My actual emotional experience then began to reflect the thought. And instead of triggered emotion, now it was reactive to the new thought that I had in my mind, which stemmed from my godly soul, which was peaceful and, and hopeful and connected. So, Lachaim, that was a lot. Um, tomorrow is still chapter test. Um, I don't know. That was only two. That was like a page and a half of chapter test. Tomorrow chapter test has like five pages. I don't know how I could do it in 20 minutes. But whatever, we'll try. Anyways, thank you guys for being here.